You're listening to How Did I Get Here? A deep dive into our journey to find the dream job. I'm your host, Jason Fish, and today I'm joined by Michael Perry, Director of Kit at Shopify. Welcome, Michael. Hey, Jason. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, likewise. Um, so I'd like to you know, start at the beginning. You majored in business management and fresh out of college, you worked for Royal Motor Sales. Can you tell me a little bit about your time working there? Yeah, I mean, uh, truth be known, I actually never finished at university. Um, you know, it was a, uh, one of those learning experiences that not everyone is set up properly for academia. And I was definitely, unfortunately, a casualty of that. So I kind of was off and on going to college. Um, I dropped out of school for a bit, moved down to Santa Barbara, kind of came back. And during the entire stint of that time, from the time I was 18 till about 24, 25, um, I was working, uh, selling cars. So Royal Motors was a car dealership here in San Francisco. My father was the general manager of the car dealership. Um, and I quickly became a very successful car salesman. And towards the end of my career there, I was one of the top Audi salesmen in the state of California. I had won a bunch of awards for my, my brand knowledge for Audi. I was an exceptional Volkswagen and Porsche salesman. Uh, and that was kind of also, I think, part of the reason why school never really worked out for me was just because uh, I was learning so much about business and life um, and uh, marketing and everything from the car business that uh, I was having a harder time focusing at school and aligning with some of the messaging that was given to me at that time. Yeah, definitely. And so you were very successful, you know, in that job. And so, you know, what was next after that? Yeah. So while I was selling cars um, and I was tr trying to go to school while I was selling cars, so I shouldn't, you know, dismiss that. Um, I started selling a lot of cars to people who were working in software. And when I was a teenager, um, you know, I was on Friendster before MySpace, before Facebook, um, and I was on GeoCities and I was really big into AOL Instant Messenger. And, um, you know, I, I, this is back when you had to even illegally download music through uh, Napster and all that kind of stuff. And I, I always was really fascinated by, by software and always fascinated by the internet. And I was um, particularly fascinated by this idea of how the internet was going to kind of equalize a lot of parts of life. And so I never really thought that that could be a career path for me. I, I actually just looked at these things as a complete passion project, uh, something that I love but never thought I could make money from. And while I was selling cars back in 2007, I started my very first uh, website with a couple friends um, that ended up not going very far, but it was a really important business that I started just because it really truly uh, was kind of a tipping point in terms of me being in love with this idea of being an entrepreneur um, so I started another company while I was selling cars down at Rector Motors. So I ended up leaving Royal Motors, left working for my dad, went down to Rector Motors and uh, realized while I was at Rector Motors that um, I wanted to build a software company to help small business owners. Hmm. And so, you know, how, how did that kind of start? I'm just trying to, you know, figure out. So you're working at these, you know, car companies and, you know, you had these couple of ideas. How did you, you know, turn that into a business? Yeah, so, you know, back in 2006, 2007, uh, 2008, as you know, kind of peak web 2.0 era. And uh, I didn't really have a rich personal contact in Silicon Valley yet. The only person I knew 
who was doing anything with software was one of my best friends growing up, this guy, Andrew Cornett, who now is a lead designer at Splice. Um, and I kept calling him up. I was standing on the car lot. I was calling him, you know, a couple of times a week with different ideas that I had. And he kept telling me that, you know, these ideas were shit. They weren't going to work, um, things of that nature. Um, and so finally, I kind of just went home one day and decided to go to GoDaddy.com, buy a URL. And GoDaddy used to sell, which I'm sure they still do, all the tools to build a website. And I didn't know, obviously, back then, you know, how complicated it was to build um, a, a network um, like we ended up trying to build. Um, but I showed him the landing page a couple of days later. And at that point, he said, okay, clearly you really want to do this. You're really passionate about the idea. He kind of jumped on board with the idea. And him and I uh, roped in my, my co-founder, uh, Mike, who ended up doing giving with me and kit with me. Um, and we started this journey of building this web application together, working nights and weekends. And it was just like a slow, painful, amazing, beautiful journey uh, that we were on in terms of learning how to build software and building a company. Hmm. That's pretty amazing. So, you know, tell me a little bit more about Kit. Yeah. So before Kit, there was giving. So the Live for Fame stuff, that was the web application that I did with um, Andrew and Mike. Um, that fizzled out. Andrew went to go become a early employee, I think employee number two or three at kickstarter.com. And uh, I had before selling cars, which again, that was uh, I was working for my dad. Before that, I was working for my uncle who ran a jewelry business and a video store. And so when the photo website thing kind of died down, I learned very painfully that the reason why, the main reason why it died down was that I just really didn't know anything about the life of an artist. I didn't really know what a photographer needed. Um, but I did know a tremendous amount about what small business owners needed. And I was super passionate about family business and super passionate about entrepreneurship. And so I decided that I wanted to become an entrepreneur to help brick and mortar businesses make more sales. So I decided to quit the car business. I actually went and worked at a company called Technosource that was a recruiting firm. I did that for one year. And while I was there, I built up my network of engineers. I interviewed people. I came across a guy who was building mobile apps. Um, I told him about my idea, uh, ended up teaming up with him to build a prototype for giving. Him and I became connected. Um, Mike, who did Live for Fame with me, came over and did giving with me. Andrew, who did Live for Fame, who went on to work at Kickstarter, I contracted him out. So I was taking all my paychecks that I was getting from this Technosource company, and I was paying people uh, literally every dollar I had to build this application. And... Uh, I finally decided one day with the encouragement of my wife, who was my girlfriend back then, that I should quit Technosource and really try to become an entrepreneur and work on giving full time. So I went into giving for about three years, um, bootstrapped the business, uh, racked up a tremendous amount of debt, you know, literally was living on, on food stamps at one point, um, just really gave everything I got and the, the business didn't make it. Um, which was really, really, really tough. It was really an emotionally difficult time just because um, the business wasn't doing bad. I just realized that it was never going to be a big business. And we had stretched ourselves way too thin trying to build a consumer product, which allowed for people to do a digital loyalty reward system, as well as all that purchasing information we were collecting, we were converting into a CRM system, which is a customer relationship management system, for the small business owners to do in-app marketing with. 
So we thought we had the right idea, just the execution was really, really wrong. And we just didn't have enough resources and the discipline to execute. And so I had to take a step back. I had to decide, did I want to continue to build the consumer product um, or did I want to build the small business product? And so I realized that, again, just like photography, I didn't love the consumer space, but I loved the small business space. And so we decided to pivot the company, shut it down, uh, head back into focusing on small businesses. And that's how the journey of Kit started. Hmm. What would you say your biggest takeaway from giving is? The biggest takeaway that I had from giving was that you need to be laser focused you know, we were spread way too thin. We try to do too many things. You need to uh, really hone in on one thing and do that one thing phenomenally well and be the best at it. Uh, the second thing was that we were very early to the market, right? So when we launched Giving, there were no other real mobile loyalty app, uh, small business CRM systems out there like it. And then over time, because we were moving so slow, companies like Belly popped up and all kinds of things like that um, that went on to raise venture capital. And that really kind of hit the business. So the, the importance of focus and speed is oftentimes um, massively underappreciated, uh, but doing too much too soon can totally kill a business. And that's a, a painful lesson that we learned. Yeah, absolutely. If the market's you know, not ready for your technology, it's kind of, you know, you're in a tough place at that point. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. So, yeah, so now going back to Kit, you know, flash forward to 2013, you know, you took part of giving and, you know, you kind of started Kit. Yeah, so more so took the lessons of giving and more so the realization that we didn't want to build two products. We wanted to be laser focused on one product, that one product, and that customer being small business owners. Um, we realized in the process of building giving that, we were trying to build a CRM system out of customer data, um, but somehow along the way, people, all these businesses started getting Facebook pages and Twitter accounts and then eventually Instagram accounts. And so uh, we realized that you didn't need a, a consumer application to build out a highly engaged um, customer information. We just basically took Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and made a CRM out of it. So we took all their most engaged followers and fans, and we helped them identify those people to either directly market to them by in-app messaging or uh, by pulling from Facebook's and Twitter's APIs, the demographic uh, and interest information um, on these users. And we started creating what was called lookalike audiences. And we partnered up with Facebook to do some marketing tooling um, with that. And that went on for about a year before we realized that, uh, again, you know, I think with the the, kit, the giving stuff, the live for fame stuff, there were, and the kit stuff, there was one common theme, and that was that we were never really solving a real problem. With live for fame, um, there wasn't really a problem there. There was just like a desire to build a community. With giving, there wasn't really a problem there. Like the CRM stuff was a problem for small businesses, but that wasn't actually the root problem with Kit. Uh, marketing tools was a problem for small businesses, but that wasn't really the root problem. But we realized uh, a year into Kit and when we pivoted the business was that small businesses had plenty of technology to choose from, but most small businesses were trying to run the business by themselves, right? Like they don't have enough human capital to successfully build a business. And that's why 33% of businesses go out of business within the first year or more. And so we started uh, recognizing this as we built into more commerce platforms. We built into Etsy and we built into Shopify and we realized all these people were trying to build these businesses by themselves. And so we took this approach in 2014 
to build an artificially intelligent employee that can do the marketing for them versus them having to use our software to do the marketing themselves. And um, many people have pegged that as the first bot business back in 2014. We ended up raising about a million and a half dollars in venture capital. Um, we scaled the business like crazy, you know, like 100%, 300% month over month growth. Uh, we ended up hiring about 10 people. Uh, we became the fastest growing marketing app on Etsy, one of the fastest growing marketing apps on Shopify, BigCommerce, uh, Ticktail, Big Cartel. Um, and the business just absolutely exploded. Um, which ended up um, us getting acquired by Shopify for the team, the intellectual property, the business, all that stuff in, in April of 2016. If I'm a small business, you know, how does the pricing model work? You know, how do I integrate with Kit? Well, now the, the pricing is free since getting acquired by Shopify. Um, you know, we want to be able to give every small business owner the help that they need to be successful. Um, so it's, it's at no cost to our merchants today. You just have to pay for the Facebook ads. When we were an independent company, we had two price plans. We had kit, which was $10 a month, uh, which had a limited set of functionality. And then we had kit pro, which included like email, for example, um, and Instagram ads. And that was $25 per month. Most of our merchants used kit pro. And what would you say is the most challenging thing about building, you know, your own startup and, you know, specifically, you know, having to pivot like that? Oh my gosh. Everything is a challenge, but I think the most challenging thing, um, staying positive, staying persistent, um, not letting anything break you mentally or emotionally, um, being open to learning, being open to uh, iterating, being open to abandoning products or abandoning ideas. The successful ones I I've kind of really believe are the people who are deeply, deeply, deeply committed to a problem, obsessively so. And they're willing to run through walls to see that problem get solved. So they're oftentimes not super committed to the product. They're not super committed to an idea. They're not super committed to anything outside of solving that problem. Um, and I think it takes a long time for entrepreneurs to get to that point. I think it takes a long time for people to put their pride and their ego aside to get to that point. I think it takes a very special person to be problem obsessed. And um, it just requires a tremendous amount of discipline and persistence and commitment and vision and effort to, to make it. It seems like, you know, maybe sticking with that problem, being, you know, very specific on, you know, I'm going to solve this problem, but maybe the solution, it seems like, you know, is the thing that's going to change the most, not really, you know, it's kind of how you approach the problem that's going to, you know, affect, you know, how you solve it really. Right. I mean, we've been trying to solve the same problem now for what feels like almost 10 years, right? So like with giving, it was like, we need to help small business owners make more sales. The solution we thought at the time was let's build a, for brick and mortar merchants, let's build a loyalty app that collects the, the user's data and allows them to do marketing to those users. That didn't work. Then we built Kit. And it was like, let's help them make more sales, small business owners, both online and offline. And it was like, let's connect Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, find their best fans and followers and market to those people that look like those people to help them make more sales. And then it was like, okay, we can't actually focus on brick and mortar and online to solve this problem because they have two different sets of problems. Let's focus on online merchants. And then it was like, 
okay, wait, that solution isn't working for online merchants. Let's build them a person that can do the marketing for them to help them make more sales. So we've been very much committed to the problem that small business owners are failing unnecessarily uh, and that we believe that it can be the, the problem can be neatly solved with the right technology solution, which is artificial intelligent labor. Um, so, you know, again, part of it is that we abandoned lots of ideas. We abandoned lots of slogans. We abandoned lots of uh, marketing efforts, products, ideas, partnerships. We abandoned all those things and we kind of just plowed our way up the hill. The one thing that we've never abandoned in literally almost 10 years is we've never abandoned the problem or the customer. We have refined We've certainly refined the customer um, and then definitely getting acquired. We're now only focused on Shopify merchants or merchants that are using Shopify, I should say. Um, but we have always been committed to the problem. So, you know, what was the transition process looked like, you know, for you, your employees and kit upon being acquired by Shopify? You know, has it been has it been easier to reach, you know, those merchants? Yeah, I mean, being a part of the Shopify family makes it significantly easier to be a part of those merchants because Shopify has done a lot to promote the product, um, help us grow the business. When we were acquired, we were 10 people in a tiny office space in San Francisco. Now we have a big office space with 40 people in San Francisco. Um, you know, they've done a lot to kind of position us for a tremendous amount of success. It's been a huge blessing to be a part of the Shopify journey and contribute to it. Majority of my listeners are college students and young professionals. What's some advice that you could give to someone um, listening who has an idea or a startup or, or who's just interested in being an entrepreneur? My advice would be to any uh, young entrepreneur or for that matter, any person that's getting started on their journey of life and by journey of life, recognizing that there is no blueprint to life. Um, there is no formula to success. There is no formula to building a business. There is no uh, formula to living. Um, the job of an entrepreneur is to ensure that they are consciously building their blueprint and that they are committed to the problems that they want to solve. And they understand uh, clearly that their path to success is going to look radically different than someone else's path to success. I didn't go to college or finish, I should say. I do not have a computer science background. I had to teach myself how to code because that was a requirement for the business to be successful. I didn't have uh, grade A uh, fancy investors like Sequoia or Shasta or First Round or uh, I didn't go through 500 startups or YC. Um, I didn't have a co-founder who was a um, IT technical genius or had this ridiculous computer software engineer background from MIT. But somehow, some way, with a lot of resilience and focus, um, we did end up raising some money from seed round, uh, some seed partners, and we did build world-class partnerships, and we did sell our business for a, a ton of money, and we've done some amazing things. If we had been laser-focused on other people's journeys, or we compared ourselves along the way, or if we devalued ourselves because we weren't uh, from, that, from that makeup, so to speak, if we weren't on that blueprint, on that trajectory, we probably would have quit a long fucking time ago and we probably would not have made it. And so I would tell anyone to just be comfortable with being uncomfortable and be prepared to face the reality that you may be entering worlds and places uh, in your life that no one else has ever been before and they won't understand and they won't recognize it and just to keep the course and to stay focused. Hmm. 
some really awesome advice there. My final question for you is, you know, what has been the biggest turning point in your life and how has that altered your path? The biggest turning point in my life. Oh my gosh. I don't, I mean, I, I would say to some extent getting acquired uh, has probably been the biggest thing that's altered my path doing kit and starting kit and coming up with the idea of a chat bot certainly altered my path deep, like in ways that are hard to explain. I think the biggest turning point was uh, me just, I think the biggest turning point to be honest with you. And I, I, I just, I can remember it like it was yesterday driving down uh, mission street in San Francisco um, in the passenger seat. And my wife or girlfriend at the time was driving her white Jetta and she just told me to go for it and that she believed in me and that she would support me. And if she had never said those words and I hadn't quit my job and just leaned all the way in, I quit my job with no venture capital, with no one believing in me, no one financially supporting me, but I just made the commitment to try to be the best version of myself. And I made the commitment to try to, to chase my dreams that that moment had to be the biggest turning point because if I wouldn't have quit my job, if I wouldn't have failed a couple companies, if I wouldn't have uh, kept the course, I wouldn't be here having an interview with you today. Wow, that's that's incredible. Thank you so much, Michael. This has been such an amazing podcast. You know, so excited to have you um, on an episode. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I wish you the best of luck with everything. Please do keep in touch, and uh, no doubt. Uh, to, to your audience. I, I hope you guys all find a tremendous amount of success and, and, and enjoy the ride. Enjoy the journey. That's what it's all about. Thank you for listening to How Did I Get Here? Michael's journey was not an easy one, but with persistence and determination, he created a product that helps small businesses all around the world. Be sure to check back next week for another episode. Until next time.